Good morning. This is Lance Kenmore with the Kenmore team, and I'd like to welcome you to this week's edition of the Tri-Cities Real Estate Update. As always, you can contact me, Lance Kenmore, anytime direct to my cell phone at 727-8977 or visit us on the web at kenmoreteam.com. Once again, I'd like to thank John for hosting and everybody here at the station for working to make this happen. Mr. John McKay, how you doing over there? Finally got rid of all the rest of the Halloween candy. Oh, yeah. I, the next day, took mine to the office <laughs> and was hoping that it would get distributed and, and eaten by the employees. So, uh, so yeah, I did the same thing. It's gone. Yeah, yeah. It, it is gone. For, well, our for daughter sure. did it. She was she spent six days in San Diego at a huge softball tournament. But when she got back, it, the bowl was attacked. Okay, gotcha. There were some. We had some trick or treaters this year. I, we had I, three. I, the best one I think I saw was um, some girls were dressed up as uh, UPS delivery <laughs> driver, and they had cardboard boxes to put the candy in, which I I just that's clever. I, it was clever, and it was it, I did I really I really enjoyed. And it. And then ten so. minutes later, you got the kids dressed as porch pirates. <laughs> yep, exact exactly. Well, we have been um, just it. It has just been a barn burner in the real estate world. Lots of transactions still happening. Very, mm -hmm. very hot market. Super excited today to um, talk about a real hot button item that has shown up in the news over the course of course of the of the last week. But um, before we get to that, as kind of um, an intro to the topic, is mm -hmm. indirectly um, we are going to be talking a little bit about flipping and um, buying and flipping. Mm -hmm. And so the celebrity news story of the week, a lot of times we hear about these stories and there's some losses and maybe just celebrities buying to buy. Mm -hmm. um, but here is a super successful flip story. Uh, Meg Ryan mm -hmm. um, pulled off a very successful flip in Montecito. Um, she bought in February of 2020... Um, she bought a property for $5 million. Mm -hmm. She did some work to it, added some of her own touches, added some glass walls, had a beautiful pool, and then opened up to the pool. It was kind of modern farmhouse, and she gave it a little more contemporary look. 18 months later now, she has flipped that property for $13 million. Wow. Yeah, $13 million from the website Dirt.com. Um, that's almost a 66% return of an, you know, increase on your investment. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I'm sure she spent some money, but I don't think she spent $8 million on this no. deal. Like, um, yeah, it was, it was a very, very successful flip. And then she's already plowed that money back into another property. So, um, hmm. go, go after it. When Harry met Sally, um, she, she's introducing buyers. She's keeping the theme going there. So I absolutely love that. And now for today's topic, this is a super fun topic to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, and in that flipping realm that we just talked about with that celebrity news story is huge news in the real estate world this week um, on a lot of the major media outlets, a, a lot of the national press. And that is Zillow canceled their home buying program. So I don't know if you remember not a couple of years ago, though, on the show, we talked about iBuyers and that mm -hmm. being big national buyers that would purchase your home. 
Um, so you wouldn't go through agents. You would just go directly to the website. They would they would purchase the home from you. Zillow launched that program about three years ago, um, and the numbers of are staggering. So I I got some quotes Inman News, um, a uh, real estate type newsletter that I get and subscribe to, and and go through a lot of the to find a lot of these details. But they reported, so here's just a snapshot of, of what happened. Zillow brings in a lot of ad revenue from agents and consumers, people mm-hmm. wanting to list on their site. They pulled in the third quarter of 2021. They pulled in um, gross revenue, $1.7 billion mm-hmm. um, in the third quarter. Huge number. But they also, they lost $328 million. Wow. In the third quarter. See, and that was gross revenue. Yeah, yeah. That's not net. And almost all of the losses were from iBuying. So um, there's other reports that show that that company actually lost a total of $422 million between July and September. I mean, the numbers are staggering. Do you know if they bought any homes in our area? No. They were that they were not offering that program um, in our area. They rolled okay. this out generally in large metro areas because mm-hmm. statistically they had a lower margin of error, so yeah. they thought. Um, and so we did not see that type of. If it happened in our area, I did not. I did not hear about Maybe it. Maybe Seattle or yes, something. Yes, exactly. And so what's really really interesting about this. Um, is they're, I mean, they're shutting that division down and then laying off, they said, up to potentially 25% of their labor force. Wow. Um, at the company that. So, what are they going to do with the homes that they bought? Well, they're still going to have to divest of them. They're still going to have to sell them. And actually, the reports are saying that in quarter, um, that they think that they might be an additional. 300 to 400 million dollar losses of losses in coming quarters based upon um winding down it's going to take them a little while to wind down wind down this process so you know i I went back and and looked at a couple things and it's really interesting and, and there were some quotes um a former real estate agent and software engineer summed it up this way when Zillow in the past has always wanted to disrupt the real estate market, and they changed mm-hmm. how people had valuations of their home with this estimate. In fact, this was kind of fortuitous that, you know, I think it was just a month ago on the show, we did a whole show about this estimate and yes. talked about the errors and stuff. So so uh, when I saw this story come out this last week, I'm like, oh, we got to do a follow-up on this for sure. But the quote from former real estate agent and software engineer um, Gerald Villani said in this article, with Zillow, the problem is in this market, if they buy low and then they sell at market, they're going to be viewed as screwing over the seller. Like mm. that's, I mean, that's going to be the viewpoint to for a consumer-friendly type company. And then he goes on to say, if they buy at market and then flip the house at market prices, they're going to lose money. Yeah. If they wait, like if they buy and then hold, they have holding costs for holding the properties. And they're praying for the values to go up faster than inflation. There is so many wow. dynamics going on in that situation. Um, and so it was it was really, really interesting when you started digging into it. Another quote that I absolutely loved 
Um, and this actually comes from Steve Eisman. And I don't know if you remember or not, but this was, you know, he called a lot of this. He was famous for the movie. I think it was, um, was it um, Steve Carell that played him the movie, The Big Short, mm-hmm. when he predicted the housing crisis and what was happening. Well, if you go back and look at some of his old tweets and quotes, he said, what I find ironic about this back in 2019 when they went into this segment is that like people love internet platforms, right? Because there's there's no massive asset that you're that you're building. You have software engineering costs, but they generate a ton of revenue. Obviously, you look at Zillow, they pulled in 1.7 billion dollars on really mm-hmm. what asset? A website, you know, yeah. cyberspace. Pictures. He goes on to say they generate a ton of free cash flow. They're not cyclical and they have the ability to expand on their margins. Now Zillow is going into a capital intensive, cyclical, low margin business and in a recession they'll get killed in wow. that in, in that factor. So you also got to look at this you, you know as what what happened in this case. Another thing that you might want to look at is if you listen to an expert like Steve Eisman on that, and I love how he ends that quote, like, folks, we're, we're not in a recession right now. There's some supply chain issues and stuff that's happening, but by all accounts, the economy has been going crazy, chugging along, you know, and beating all expectations while dealing with the pandemic, et cetera. But you look at the end of his quote that says, in a recession, they will get killed in this model. So mm. they haven't even made money. They haven't, e- I mean, they got killed when it was good. Wow. And so you look at, are they maybe projecting a little bit here and saying, I don't think this is going to get better. I think this is going to get worse. We're going to get out. Yeah. And when you look at, when you dig into some of their details also, um, the other thing, there was a ton of headlines this week that said, if Zillow's buying homes based upon their own estimate, that the, there they, there's a big problem with this estimate, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, if it was so accurate, what what happened? And so I jotted down some notes, and this isn't just something that I talk about on the radio. Like this is a business that I'm in, mm-hmm. so I'm very familiar with the workings of, of what happens in these transactions, um, and when we're flipping homes, and and in what we're and in what we're doing. I, I mean, you've heard my radio ads, like you know, if you'd prefer to just sell outright. Mm-hmm. Um, Zillow closed the doors on their program. Lance has not. Um, and so, so if there's anybody that was worried about that, um, we'll definitely look at that on the buy side and we're, and we're still, you know, on, on top of helping people maximize value there. We're also still running our program where we'll have our instant offer and just buy direct. But when you look at this business that they were entering now, all of the sudden they're burning a ton of capital. They're having to purchase houses of three, four, five hundred thousand dollars at a pop. Um, the zestimates that we talked about um, on a previous show, those mm-hmm. can be off by more than six to nine percent. Yep. So if they're baselining their offers off of that estimate um, and they're off by six to nine percent, that could create a massive amount of loss when they when they go to sell. When you're dealing with hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of homes. Yeah, absolutely. When it I, adds up. It adds up big time. I knew this was a problem when about a year ago, a good friend of mine through my network and real estate um, flips a lot of houses in Texas. 
And about a year ago, he called me, and I and I remember the conversation like it was yesterday. And he said, Lance, he goes, this is crazy. He goes, I just sold my last four flip houses. I sold them to Zillow. Wow. He goes, he goes it's the craziest thing I've ever heard of, but they're overpaying. He's like, I'm buying these. And he goes, I'm not doing a ton of work to them. I'm pretty much buying them, cleaning them up, and then submitting my forms and the offers I'm getting back are so good, I'm not even going to bother messing around going to market. Wow. I was like, when that started happening, I was like, oh boy, this is going to get interesting. <laughs> yeah. And so, so you look at that, you look at these cues that that start to come up, and and then there's carrying costs, right? Like they're not just buying these houses and they're in perfect condition. Then they got to go in and they got to find Do a painter. property management. And you know, and Zillow doesn't, I mean, they don't know who the painters are in town that are good and they've got to find there's overhead. So then they've got to find national type contracts and have people and then get crews that go in and do this. And then all of the sudden they're back in a brick and mortar business. The other thing that I wrote down from, from this situation is that the competition is really fierce in this market segment. It's very fierce and it's local. Like there's a lot of people out there doing this, whether it be from HGTV or Flip or Flop or the popularity of those type of shows and stuff. There is a lot of folks that have gone into that market segment. So on top of dealing with just the market, they've now got a lot of competition for these properties. And even one of the quotes that I read in the article said, for Zillow, it was tough because the quote that they wrote in the article, and really this is a lot like flipping. I always tell people, you know, you're going to look at a hundred homes. You're going to make offers on 10 and then you're going to, and then you're maybe going to get two or three. Okay. So Zillow said in this article, it was interesting. It said it was really difficult for us to go through this process with all of these clients, evaluate these homes, and then have 90% of those customers decide to go do something else. Whether that's list with an agent, decide not to sell. So now you're providing a service where you've got to you've got to get that estimate. You've got to look at the repairs. You've got to go out there and make offers. Very, very different than providing a internet platform out there for for the customer. So so a cup those were a couple of the things that we saw ahead of time with this <laughs> with this model. Um, and maybe they're dodging a bigger bullet. Maybe they see that market shifting a little bit. I mean, the Fed's starting to taper how much they're buying of mortgage-backed securities. All indications are that interest rates are going to start ratcheting up the second half of next year. Mm -hmm. And so at this point, they might be dodging a bullet. Let's get back to our core business. Let's look at this and prevent larger losses next year. Time will tell. But right now, we know they've shuttered that version, uh, you know, that division of the company. Wow. Those were some of the reasons I saw. When we come back from the break, though, I want to talk about some of the other reasons in flipping that made this model difficult for them to execute on. And if that's something you've been looking at, some of the things that you should be aware of. And we also have some great new Pick 3 inventory that we listed just the last day or two. Right here on News Talk 8.7. Guys, welcome back to the Tri-Cities Real Estate Update. We have just we have had a great week of real estate news in the headlines. Today we're talking about <laughs> Zillow out of the business of uh, buying homes and flipping homes. And just how we got to where we were at, what that looks like. Um, very, very interesting to see some of that materialize in the last, in the last week or two. 
Um, so what we're going to do now is talk, though, about some great inventory. Our agents are out there. Um, I said that there was going to be some amazing, you know, late fall, early holiday inventory. Mm-hmm. And and there just is. My pick three this week is just awesome. So, and mo- motivated people who want to get it done before yeah, the holidays. Pe- yeah, people want to get it done. And so pick number one, this is a gorgeous, gorgeous, high-end estate-type home. 286 Meadow Hills Drive. This is a six-bedroom, five-bath Rambler with a daylight basement, almost 5,000 square feet. And they have gone through and absolutely, it looks like a brand new construction home. Dream kitchen, and I mean dream kitchen, large island, Viking gas range, built-in Viking ovens, professional fridge freezer, huge. I mean, I'm just drooling as we go through this house. Absolutely gorgeous. Every space has been touched. All new interior paint, all new exterior paint, all new flooring, new trim. I mean, it really is just super high-end quality. Um Really, and that's priced at for five thousand square feet with the amazing Tri City views. Priced at nine hundred seventy-five thousand, gorgeous, gorgeous wow. home. Pick number two, one one zero one South Penn Street. I'm calling this the hidden gem in Hidden Valley. Highly upgraded, four bedroom, three bath, Southwest Kennewick home, almost twenty-seven hundred square feet. Gorgeous, real cherry hardwood flooring throughout vaulted ceilings, stylish rock tile backsplash in the kitchen, granite counters, stainless steel appliances, gorgeous, gorgeous floating hood, under cabinet lighting, I mean, all out in this in this kitchen. Master suite retreat has a luxurious soaking tub, walk-in closet, dual sink vanity. Bonus room also has a walk-in closet, three-quarter bath, and possibility to be set up as a kitchenette. Awesome, awesome place. You go outside, you've got a Trex deck with plenty of seating for backyard entertaining, raised garden areas, small workshop with roll-up door and concrete floor. Uh, that property is super cool property coming in at 540000 And then pick number three, 114 Chad Court. This is just an awesome South Richland neighborhood location. Four bedroom, three bath, plus an office, 24, 26 square feet, beautiful hardwood floors throughout the main level, bright formal living room with huge soaring ceilings. Kitchen opens up to the family room with a gas fireplace, tile floors, large pantry, dining area, and an island with a breakfast bar. Um, huge private master retreat, French door entry, complete with a private bath and a dual sink vanity there also. RV parking, spacious backyard, great location. And that one's coming in at 465000 Wow. So, I mean, just some really, really fantastic, um, fantastic inventory on the market out there. Inventory's creeped up a little bit. And so this is what we were talking about with buyers that were out of the market that might look back into the market. We talked a little bit about the Fed tapering, how much they're going to be buying and 2022 looking like interest rate increases. So when there were 300 homes on the market, really, really difficult. If you got frustrated with that, we're back up to around 450 now. There's some more options. I mean, it's not perfect yet still, but if you wanna look and get in there, there are definitely more options than there were three months ago for some of that. 
So before the break, we talked about Zillow. Zillow getting out of what we call the iBuying game. They were basically an institutional type buyer, buying massive amounts of houses, instant type offers, submit to this website, you get an offer back. Um, the losses that they sustained in that division were enormous. Mm. We're talking about quarterly losses and they're throwing out numbers of 350 million, 400 million, more losses to come. So we talked before the break, what got him to that point? And one of the things we talked about was local competition. There's a mm -hmm. lot of people that, I mean, watch HGTV, watch Fixer Up or watch these shows. And, and as a sideline business, a lot of people think, ah, here's something we might want to get into. So, Well, you see those signs. I see them around Kennewick where we live. Want to sell your house? Yep. Sell your they look like the campaign signs. Sell your house for cash? Yep, Those are exactly. flippers. Those are flippers. There's comp there, Like I said, there's a lot of competition in town for that. So one of the things I wrote down in the beginning, a lot of people ask us this, and that, they're like, where do people find flips? What, is that, what does that look like? Hmm. And McKay, you had, my, you had my number three, and that was um, <laughs> some people advertise for, for those deals, you know, much like, much like I do. I think, on, I think I have an ad running right now on Columbia Center Boulevard up on the Red Lions billboard there. You know, you, you don't jot down my number, sell, sell me your house. So the, there's guys like that around town. The, I call those bandit signs that you said you saw. Mm -hmm. So um, bandit signs that are out there, people, people advertising. And then just general advertising for um, sell, sell me your house. And so that was my number three that I wrote down. Um, the first thing that I wrote down um, the other one that we talked about was in the MLS. And so it is more difficult and there's a lot more competition, right? Because there's 800 to a thousand of us real estate agents working yeah. with clients. It goes in the MLS. It's a fixer up or in the right price range. There's going to be a lot of competition, but people are still shockingly finding some flip opportunities in the MLS. Mm -hmm. So if you work that as an angle, it definitely is something you can do. The other thing that we have out there is there's intermediaries called wholesalers. There are some people that their whole business is what they do is they just go out and find the good deal. So they advertise for people that want to sell. They get the contract put together. They get an agreed upon rate with the with that seller. And then for five or $10,000 fee, they will flip you that contract to you for you to close on. Hmm. And so that's a whole that, that that's actually a whole nother radio show. I know like you just <laughs> wow. said, like McKay, you're just looking at me across the studio and you're like, what? What did he just say? Wholesalers? And wholesalers, but but that is that is a thing. And so if you are an investor and you have cash and you're ready to go, you can connect with wholesalers that their job, they don't want to own the property. They don't want to have the carrying costs, they don't want to do the work. They just want to go out, find the deals, and then take a percentage or take a rate or take a fee to flip that deal over to yourself. Now, what does that do, though? Much like we just talked about Zillow going out of business, if you're a first-time flipper, you have to be careful in that situation because you didn't find that deal sourced. Now you're paying a fee to get that deal or that lead that's going to eat into your profit margins. Mm. Um, and so you have to look at, you know, what am I going to be making? And that leads me to my next point about flipping that we wrote, that I wrote down. 
And that was, you know, if you have a potential buy, what are some of the things that you need to look at? And probably the most important thing um, is to map out your profit margin very carefully. Yes. And, and, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like I always tell people the biggest difference, you know, that I see in that world and that I see on the TV shows and that, that is, you know, that is not reality is that if you are doing this successfully way, way before you close on the house, generally when you're making your offer, the good ones that are making money know exactly what they're going to sell the property for when it's fixed up. So we're not guessing. We're not going into the house and saying, gosh, you know, it's my initial walkthrough. I would love to, gosh, if we add this, I think we'll get that. Should we, mm-hmm. That the thing I always, that scares me is when people, should we try this should you know and you're like paint the front door if you don't know <laughs> at this point then and you've already purchased the house oops then then we have a problem and i've been on you know maybe hundreds of those consultations where things got out of hand that wasn't the case before so mapping out your road to your profit margin very carefully is just it's the number one thing because you're then going to work backwards off of your costs that are put into the property. And that's going to determine what your offer looks like. The other thing to note too, as especially what's happened over the course of the last eight months to a year, is it's likely going to be more expensive than you thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had supply increases. We've had price increases, the inability to get supplies. Um, say you've got a loan on the property you're going to flip, you're going to have carrying costs. And what a, what does a month or two month delay look like in interest charges? Do I paint Ooh. do I paint the cabinets that are in there and repair them, or do I put in a cabinet order and then pray that it comes in one month instead of two because my carrying costs with insurance, utilities, interest. That's going to burn up three th- another three thousand bucks. Yeah. So it's like, man, w- what type of repairs could I have made for the three thousand dollars and save myself that extra time? Ooh. So map out your profit margin carefully, and build in yourself a buffer. And you will thank me immensely um, when you get to the end and you're still in the black and not in in the red. So. So those are the biggest tips that happen. And when you look at that and it's happening on a local level and there's things and information you have locally, that's what gives you a competitive advantage locally over some of these national iBuyers. And so in this particular case, there is one less of those nationals to be thinking about. Um, And those are just some of the reasons that they had trouble systematizing the things that we talked about today. If you have any questions about that process or you're thinking about flipping or getting into that, there's a lot of resources out there in our community, people that you can talk to, Facebook groups that you can become a part of and information that you can get. Go to KenmoreTeam.com, shoot us a message. If you're interested in that, we would be glad to help out. Any other questions about iBuying and what happened, same type of thing, shoot me a message. I would be glad to talk about it. 
We will be right back here next week. I doubt we will have such juicy real estate national <laughs> headlines. What a great show it's been today. But we will be right back here next week talking about local real estate in the Tri-Cities. Right here on News Talk 870.